Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender, we are conversing still about the book of Daniel, but there's a lot of practical applications to this, very timely for us living in our lives. As always, we hope that our conversation helps you to have spiritual conversations as well. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, Kevin. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Coffee's warmer than mine. It is. Those of you uh, listening, you're going to wish that this was visual for you because I got a new mug today. I got it for Christmas. My uh, my three children uh, painted the lines on it for me. Mm. So kudos to uh, Magic Kiln in, in Hancock for allowing them to do this. But this is uh, courtesy of my kids. So I kept forgetting to bring it. And and they kept because it was they they made it specifically so I could have a church coffee mug. Uh, so this is my first drink out of it, children. If you ever watch this, wow. What'd you do before having a church coffee mug? I would just take other people's. So no, say it ain't so. <laughs> you pillaged. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, anyway, I also have a new shirt. Huh? Mm. Got this one. Nice. This is a new day day of newness, Kevin. Mm. So, and I, my wife finally, she thought, maybe, Aaron, you need to buy tall shirts. This is like my only shirt where the sleeves are long enough. Normally, I roll up my sleeves because I like the style, obviously, mm-hmm. but also because they, I can't really button it without like it going up to my elbows. So. This makes sense why you wear short-sleeved shirts in the middle of winter. And there you go. And because it's cool. Literally. And, and Kevin... Courtesy to, of, of one of our listeners, Ooh. an anonymous donor, we are now hands-free with our microphones. So cheers to you, anonymous donor, for hooking us up with some uh, microphones so we can talk with our hands and cheers without having to uh, hold a microphone. Amen. So this conversation is going to be like twice as good as normal. Filled with gestures, <laughs> all sorts of hand <laughs> gestures. <laughs> Okay, yeah, there you go. Those Sorry. of you listening, we just did all kinds of hand gestures. Yeah. So, you know. Anyways, how you mm. been, Kevin? I've been good. I've been good. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. Life keeps moving on. The world keeps uh, falling apart. Kingdoms keep on getting, uh, you know, stronger. Other ones keep on falling down. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of how to incorporate a mountain into all this imagery. Yeah? That'd be a weird dream. Why do you need a mountain? I'm thinking about our friend, Mr. Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, and what about Nebuchadnezzar? So, over this last weekend, that was a, don't, that, my dialect doesn't normally sound that strong. So, yeah. that one? <laughs> You've been hanging out one. with some youpers or what? You would think with the lack of snow that I wouldn't be able to talk that way yet. <laughs> I'll save it to when we get real snow. But, uh, no, yeah, so this, over this last weekend, we heard uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And in this dream, weird dream, I love dreams, actually. I love hearing about people's dreams because yeah. I remember almost all of my dreams. That's what you said. And it's hard not being able to share them with people because people get really, when I say people, I mean people who live with me and have to endure me talking about my dreams yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, like, it, I don't know, dreams are weird and wonky things happen. Yeah. And uh, well, anyways, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he sees, if I remember right, an image that's all we're told. It's just an image. Mm. The head made of gold, chest area, silver, 
legs are bronze, I want to say. Feet of iron yeah. mixed with some toes of clay yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then like a mountain shows up mm. and, and it kind of explodes the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was his dream. <laughs> it does sound weird. I know, I know. So, I mean, those of you that uh, were at St. Peter and Paul or listened to my preaching of that sermon, mm. um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in chapter two, but, um, you know, in, in Daniel, but there, there is this dream that the king has. Uh, Kevin kind of explained it. And then, you know, Daniel offers up to actually tell the king his dream. Nobody else could, could do what the king asked, which was tell him his dream um, uh, and then offer the interpretation of it. Um, and the interpretation of that, of that dream, um, I, well, as a student of history, I, I like to see how, how it actually uh, came true. So basically, I mean, he, you know, Daniel's talking to this emperor, to Nebuchadnezzar, who's got vast power and wealth. And I mean, basically the whole land is his, you know, and Daniel has, or the, I mean, the king has the dream, but then Daniel interprets it as saying, yeah, you're... Your empire is not going to last forever. There's going to be a kingdom that comes after you that's inferior to yours that will take you over. Mm. And then there's going to be a kingdom that comes after that and a kingdom that comes after that. Um, but finally, there's going to be a kingdom that lasts forever. So, as, you know, as, as, again, as I said, as a student of history and as somebody who lives in this world, I find peace mm. in this reality. Um, because the truth of the matter is, as we're going to see time and time again in Daniel, is that all of these powers on earth, all who are in authority, um, are only in authority temporarily, only a power temporarily. Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall, but the kingdom of Jesus remains forever. Um, and I find that particularly um, a peace-giving truth because I know, for one, what that kingdom is that lasts forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that I'm already a, uh, an inheritor of that kingdom. But, like, we're living in a, in a time and in a nation that's incredibly divided. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason that is, I, I mean, you could chalk it up to lots of different stuff. But it's divided. People kind of all over the place. And, and a lot of people think that the solution to the division is... Everybody that's on that side needs to come over to, to my side and, and my way of seeing the world, and then everything will be, be better. Mm. Oh, if, if only we get you know, this president, then everything will be better. If only this happens, then our country will get back to the time that it was at its best, or whatever this, mm-hmm. this stuff is. Um, and I don't, I don't want to come across as somebody um, who's disingenuous of the fact that I get to live in this country Sure. Um, that's not not the point, and and not to um, kind of slander the office of the president or elected officials. It's not that at all. It's just I think all we have to put all of this stuff in perspective. That God is far above it all. Mm-hmm. God's far above presidents. He's far above Congress. He's far above, frankly, the United States of America. He's seen all kinds of empires, all kinds of powers, all kinds of things rise and fall. We have, a, we have a great blessing to be able to live in this place in the time that we do. But that's not t- 
to say, and I think history would tell us, it's not to say that it's going to last forever. Sure. As much as I don't like to say that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah. Well, and just even thinking about that, like, and reflecting on, you know, there was a time when God, you know, he always alluded to um, the the uh, wholeness of his eternal kingdom, right? Like, you get that even in Abraham, right? A blessing to all nations, right? All families of the earth. But there was a time when God did really associate himself with a distinct nation on earth. Yes, yes. And we would say this is, Marcus loved the line you used the other day. It's something about, um, I don't know if it had, something about the cross being this kind of temporal, you know, before the cross or after the cross. On this, okay. side, of, on this side of the cross, you're oh, saying. Okay. Like history is different, right? Yeah. And that's true. And so on that side of the cross, the behind side, uh-huh. you know, the BC side yeah. of the cross, God did associate himself distinctly with the people of Israel. Yeah. And what we actually see at the coming of Jesus in this, you know, they call this the the mystery of uh, uh, of God's plan of salvation was yeah. that it did include the whole world. Right. It included, you know, eventually oncoming Americans. <laughs> right. You know, and Germans and Brazilians and all this. But for those people of Israel, yeah. that was a hard thing to reckon with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. That that God is now going to include. <laughs> all people, yeah. all nations. But God is right. not only above Israel; yeah. He's above all the nations. Right. Well, that's, but it's also not. I, I know you're not saying this, but I just want to clarify. Yeah, that, please. That before the cross, God was in the Old Testament. God is still invested in all nations. He is above all nations. He does desire that all nations come to a knowledge of Him. Mm-hmm. His plan before Christ was to use the nation of Israel mm-hmm. and had the nation of Israel and, you know, going all the way back to the beginning to Adam and Eve, uh, had there not been a fall, had there not been disobedience, mm-hmm. those things could have worked out, you know, God could have through, through the lineage and descendants. And, you know, um, there are, there are in the old Testament, even non-Jewish people who are welcomed into, mm-hmm. um, the nation of Israel and receive the blessing. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just want to just want to clarify that that God is has always been above all nations. He was just right. before Jesus was using the nation of Israel to fulfill His promises and that 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 basically that mission work to save the world. Right. So through the cross, again, Jesus um, does everything that Israel was unable to do and fulfills everything they were supposed to do. And therefore, now the church, the Christian church, like the, the capital C church, yeah. uh, all Christians, all who confess Christ, we are the, the new Israel, as mm-hmm. the New Testament talks about it. So we are all welcomed in uh, to, that, to that promise. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, and uh, um, you might hear this phrase thrown around, potentially, depending on how much theological reading you do, but the scandal of particularity is what that's That's a big one. Slow that down. So the scandal of particularity, which means God chose a particular people to uh, reveal his will manifest in Christ. And that people was Israel. And that's like a hard thing for, especially non-Christians. Like you don't really want to open up by saying, all right, let's look at the Old Testament. (laughs) Uh, I mean, like Jesus is a little more accessible because in Jesus... That's the point where this plan of salvation, um, it becomes evident to the world 
uh, that it is for the world. Yeah. You know, before that, it was you, you had to become part of the people. So even those folks, because there were folks like in uh, Egypt who they crossed the Red Sea with Moses. Yeah. Like they, they recognized, wait a minute, this is the God of the world. Yeah. I need to be a part of this. Yeah. But they had to do all the rituals, mm-hmm. all the customs of Israel. So they had to be circumcised yeah. and, and, uh, and kind of fall into these cultural um, um, traditions. Right. And that's where in Jesus, as a fulfillment of yeah. all this, that goes away. And right. Paul has to do a lot of legwork in the New Testament yeah. to say, all right, Jewish guys, like, ah, you're not getting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, all this to come back around and say, look, yeah, there was a time, you know, I mean, history is an interesting thing. You know, talk about being a student of history. Yeah. There are different narratives that kind of find their way into the world of what even the history of America looked like uh, and how, you know, how closely associated that was to uh, Christianity, um, you know, and, and Jesus following. Mm. Uh, and I'm not here to debate that, but it does seem evident that there was a time when Christianity was far more just welcome and culturally accepted yeah. and followed. Right. Um, and that is changing as we move forward. Mm-hmm. And that is hard. Right. Uh, but it doesn't change who God is right. or his promise or that kingdom, right. that mountain kingdom that comes in. Right. Um, right. It may be worth reflecting on what, you know, what is this mountain kingdom? <laughs> Hmm. Like you're in it, you, you said that you're a uh, you know you're going to inherit this kingdom yeah. yourself, right? Right. Um, but what it and why do you think it's a mountain? You know, now we're getting into our own interpretation, but interesting that you got an image. Well, I mean, I suppose, I suppose if you if you want to go to this place, uh, not to not to get too deep uh, into all this stuff, but you know, it's what we do sometimes. We're so. there. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we need guests. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stop us from running off the yeah. rails. <laughs> well, we're not going to go deep. We're going to go high on this oh, mountain. Well, All right, how about that? Perfect. Um, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, mountains actually symbolized uh, like God's presence, where God God promised to meet people. Mm. So you you get instances like Mount Sinai, where you know uh, they go up on the mountain. Uh, Jerusalem, the temple, is actually like on the the top of a mountain. There are other other places where um, mountains were very uh, important. Elijah, you know, up, up a mountain. So you get all these kind of literally mountaintop experiences. But a mountain is a is a symbol kind of throughout the Old Testament of places that God comes to to meet um, and to to do stuff for His people. Mm. So. I mean, if you want to follow that all the way through to Christ, where is he crucified? Uh, we say on a mountain, you know, called Golgotha, which means the skull. Mm. Uh, so this kingdom of, of Christ, uh, you know, is the place where God, where, where heaven uh, meets earth, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? And so in Christ, like God comes to, to meet us. And so um, in Christ, we're very connected to the God of, of heaven, right? And so I don't know if that's what you were thinking. No, I'm glad I asked. That was awesome, man. Okay. <laughs> well, just like even from a mountaintop perspective, like I've stood on mountains before yeah. and you are at this place where like the heavens, you yeah. know, like 
that's yeah, the heavens are meeting the earth in a way. I mean, I've been above the clouds before. Uh-huh. That's such a, it's such a cool feeling. But to think that that's, I mean, so it makes sense. That's where they they built the temple yep. because it was hey, this is the reality. Like this is where like you're saying God meet earth, yeah. and then Jesus, he's he is like in a person where yeah. God. Uh, meets earth, God meets man. And uh, my thought actually went to, I guess more so like the whole, you know, it says um, that it will break all the nations in pieces okay. or whatever. That, uh, you know, mountain imagery, rock imagery. Okay. And Jesus is our rock. He's the cornerstone. Okay. And it says that, uh, and I was trying to figure out where this is, and it's in there somewhere. I'll Bible gateway it later. But, <laughs> you know, that every everyone who, you're either you're either built on Jesus yeah. or you hit that rock and you're dashed to pieces, yeah. right? And uh, just interesting that language in Daniel, this mountain kind of dashing the kingdoms, because mm. it's not the kingdoms aren't dashed in the way you would expect, mm. you know, or the way like a military-minded king might be thinking of this future kingdom to come. Yeah, I mean, some of the ones in history were though. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but the kingdom of Christ does does not does not right. dash those kingdoms in like a like a militant way. No, no, but I think in a much bigger, powerful way, sure, in an eternal way. Like, I mean, there, there is, uh, I've never seen a kingdom that can defeat death. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they can create death, cause a lot of death. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've right. never seen one defeat death, but the kingdom of Christ is one that defeats death itself, mm. you know, and promises uh, recreation. And so... Uh, so certainly, I mean, the the way that Jesus ushers in his kingdom is not, uh, it's not what anybody was expecting, right? I mean, he didn't come in with military might. He came in humble, uh, you know, on a colt to the foal of a donkey, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, as the scriptures say, as he's uh, as on that Palm Sunday, his triumphal entry doesn't look too uh, triumphant, you know, um, his his victory over death. Right, doesn't <laughs> comes by death. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I you know, I Nebuchadnezzar's words and his actions, and and, and we're going to continue to see it um, play out that he he really likes Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually just reading, we, we have a, our early learning center here at the church, a preschool, um, and I was reading in a children's Bible this morning the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And multiple times in, the, in that children's Bible, it says that Daniel was a friend of the king and that like it portrays it as though the, the king is like super worried about Daniel, which uh, the scriptures are pretty clear that there he was when Daniel had to get thrown into the pit and the king didn't, wanna, didn't want to do that. So um, my point is like, when D- Daniel gives him this dream mm-hmm. and its interpretation that his empire is going to fall and that all, his power is not not his, like from an earthly standpoint, like if I were writing the movie, it would seem like that's at the point where the king says, "Well, enough with you, you know, off with your head." Like, right. I, but um, he doesn't. He gives Daniel a promotion. So, mm. like. I want to. I, I want to believe that God is working humility in Nebuchadnezzar's heart. Like I, I want to believe when you're confronted with the reality of the Almighty, mm. that it has to. It, it just it changes your life and it changes your perspective. And I think that's what we're seeing 
um, uh, in these early stages with Nebuchadnezzar, but it, it happens even a little bit more as we go along. And he's probably pretty impressed the fact that he was was able to interpret the dream too. Well, and to tell him, to tell him, yeah, yeah more, yeah. yeah, more of that, right? You know, um, <laughs> but again, I think I think this is how God also works. Like just anecdotally talking to people and hearing stories of, you know, um, how different people come to faith. And for mm-hmm. some of us, like, oh well, you know, like my parents just kind of raised me and, you know. Uh, uh, raised me up in, in the ways and it, was, and it wasn't like a huge experience that like all of a sudden revealed God's presence to me. Mm. But if I think back, you know, on my life, I bet I could find places and points where it's pretty hard to refute God's, you know, evidence or presence. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. And and that is, you know, I think that does humble you to think like, it, it's just like things fall in the, it's like almost, you don't almost have to not think about it yeah. To go forward, huh. you know, it, it, to go forward in in a way that doesn't, you know, honor God or at least question, like, how did that happen? You yeah. Know? Well, and that's and that's where I think like that that prayer of Daniel and his friends, the mm-hmm. the simple prayer, seek the mercy of God, mm-hmm. seek the mercy of God, and like, I I find myself in in that prayer like, like if I pray that myself, it's like a kind of like an open-handed like position to God just saying oh, I'm totally like well I just want to say I'm totally at your mercy like I'm totally here for you to do in me whatever you you're gonna do in me and I think when you when you pray that and you watch him just give you what you need mm-hmm. it, it it has to change you because you go I I don't know how it worked out I don't know I don't I don't understand it but I know that it's God. I know that it's Him at work because there, there's no other uh, explanation for it, you know. And I think that's why why Daniel cries out in great praise and exclamation. I think that's why Nebuchadnezzar cries out in great uh, exclamation. You know, your God, Daniel, is God of gods, and your God is Lord of kings. Mm-hmm. Like, man, what a what a bold statement. And that, I I don't think he had nothing to gain by saying that, right? Like a good politician or whatever might might say something like that to gain points with you know somebody, but he has nothing to gain by bowing down and paying homage to Daniel. A kid, yeah. I mean, that's also like I've, yeah. I've I've been thankful about this like painting picture in the way you know that's in accordance with scripture of of his age and these young yeah. kids because you know I've never thought of Daniel as this young kid, but that I mean that heightens the humility yeah. that a king's bowing down to. I mean, just imagine like a I don't know fifteen year old, sixteen year old at this point. Yeah, like that would look goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, sure. for uh, sure. It's also interesting to me. In I'm curious your thoughts on this, but it seems like God has a tendency to put people in places of tension as well. Oh yeah, it, for their benefit. Right, but you you have kind of have to lean into it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's really easy sometimes. Like when you're in, say you're in the hard position, you're in the hard spot, the bad situation's happening. You kind of you throw up a prayer to God, like get me out of this, help me out, and then it seems like nothing happens, mm. nothing changes, and it's like, well, I didn't get what I was looking for. Mm. What the heck, God? Yeah. You know? Um, in like I know, like in my history, in my life, like I have. I have a very, I can be very impatient. Okay. You know, like it's not hard for me to think of times when I probably have prayed that way and been disappointed because it's like I didn't see the immediate, you know, like oh, yeah. gratification. And, um, but thinking of both these guys, like you have Nebuchadnezzar, 
who ultimately is going to praise God, mm -hmm. but he's got tension there for a stretch. Oh, yeah. He's got this dream. It's bugging him. It's troubling him. Uh, and no one can reveal it. Mm. Like this is, I don't know how long that went on, but it went on for some time, you know? Yeah. And then you got Daniel, and uh, of course he like, you know, he's going out in faith to say, hey, we'll, we'll interpret for you. Yeah. He's got nothing right. at that point. Then he goes home, tells his buddies, well, we gotta seek God's mercy. They pray, and who knows how long they prayed for, but God didn't reveal it to them in their praying. Mm -hmm. Daniel went to sleep that night yeah. without an answer. Right. That's like horrifying to me. Like, how do you sleep knowing you got this appointment? Yeah. And then it's in the middle of the night, right? It's a yeah. vision of the night. Yeah. That God, so it's like, so God does. But see, I think by doing that, when the fulfillment comes, I don't know, it's almost like God has to push us past our own. He's got to make it like, evident that it was not by us. Uh, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't yeah, know. For sure. That's my, that's, that's my wondering anyway. Yeah. Like with prayer and how, again, thinking back even to, well, it's interesting, the language in this section, so much like Joseph and Pharaoh. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, go, go look it up. It's Genesis 41, I believe, where I, I've wanted to, I wanted to bring that in. There's it's just too much. There's too that's much. why we have this podcast. Yeah, there's too much stuff. So, <laughs> There's also other interesting tidbits I can share. Like, did you know in, I don't even, yeah, you were going to say something else. But oh, in, in chapter 2, I believe it's verse 4, um, it's when the, when the wise men start speaking to the king um, the, about this fact that they can't uh, tell the king their dream. Um, the language uh, of the, the text changes from Hebrew um, to Aramaic, not, not Aramaic. It is. Uh, is it Aramaic? Aramaic. Okay. I believe. That's the language, right? Yeah. It's like a Hebrew cognate kind of. Yeah. A cognate language. Like there's a lot of similarity, but it is different. Yeah. So it's in, so it, so it switches there um, because the, that's, that's the language of, um, is it Aramaic? I'm pretty sure, man. Here, grab it. Leaving the scene for a hot second. <laughs> hey, and it's snowing. Look it, look it up. Um, Look it up while I ramble on about... Uh, I don't know if I'm editing this out, Kevin. Yeah, well, that's... I hope not. I want people to experience this. <laughs> Are you saying it's... It, whatever language it is, it's the language of Babylon? Okay, it is Aramaic. Yeah. Yeah. So that is... That Which is also like Eloi, Eloi. Right, when Jesus says, my God, my God, why... Yeah, I was just getting... I just get... I was just getting confused. Yeah, it's a lot of languages. It's on. a lot of languages. So it is... So it is... Yeah. It switches to Aramaic. Uh-huh. Because that's the language of, of the people. That's what the what maybe even some of those like Chaldean people are speaking. Mm -hmm. And what I was reading is so it's all the way it, it'll stay in Aramaic all the way through chapter seven. Yeah. And then in chapter no chapter six and then in chapter seven when we switch to uh, Daniel's visions it switches uh, back to Hebrew. Okay. So what I was reading from some scholars is that um, because all um, the the book is intended to be written to. Um, uh, both those in like the Babylonians and to the Jews. So the visions later on are, are mostly for J the Jewish people to help them um, understand like what's, what's happening in all of this stuff. But all this stuff going on with Daniel and um, in the Babylonians and, and Nebuchadnezzar is to demonstrate to all those people this truth that God is God of gods and, and Lord of kings and uh -oh. that, that uh, you know, he's far above far above at all so you know that's that's pretty cool um change as well kind of in the in the background that we wouldn't pick up 
um, mm. in the English language. Mm -hmm. so. Kind of incarnational in that way, which is Jesus, Jesus. Incarnation is Jesus becoming human. So God meeting human in, in, on their level, you know, in their world, uh -huh. in their context. And, uh, and this is what God, t I think, calls the church to do too, right? Like uh -huh. to be incarnational, which again would be to meet people where they're at on their level. Um, I mean, literally, I guess it means to be, I don't know, what, I don't, I'm not going to break down what that <laughs> word means actually. But. Incarnate, it's like Spanish. Carne, Don carne Maria. asada, you know, meat. Meat. Oh, meat. And meat. <laughs> is it really that? Yeah. Is that the, yeah, oh, wow. In flesh. Linguistics. Interesting. Right. But so, so, so that's an example of, since it's in Aramaic, yeah, it's, it's meeting the Babylonian people, the Chaldean people, yeah. kind of where they were at. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So, Kevin, let's, let's bring this back uh, out of the depths for a minute. Okay. Um, Towards the end of my sermon, I, I mentioned just the reality that um, in in the United States and and when this podcast, the day this podcast goes live, it'll be right. um, inauguration day for uh, President-elect Joe Biden, and I I just mentioned kind of this this um, truth that this dream is <laughs> is still kind of applicable for us today, mm -hmm. and the, just the reality for us that kingdoms rise and fall, authority on earth is temporary. God's kingdom lasts forever. And I, I was just, you know, encouraging the people to be in prayer for him and for elected officials and, and that kind of stuff. So did that did that tie in for you? Did you understand that that connection as you were listening to the sermon? I mean, I, I appreciated it. Yeah, the fact that, I honestly, this is just me being a bad citizen of the world, but uh, I, forgot, I forgot it was inauguration week. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that shows where I'm at politically. Uh, but... Um, but that is important. I mean, and it is important for us to be engaged in our world as well and to be in tune with who's, you know, uh, who is our president and how do we show support to our president no matter who they are. Yeah. Um, being in prayer for them, asking that that they would lead in a, in a godly way, you know. Um, because God, I mean, yes, I think it is applicable because just as Daniel said, God's the one who sets up kings and deposes of them, yeah. however he wills and wishes. Right. And that's not to say that, you know, like, oh, sweet, the next president or every president's a godsend. Right, know? right. And, and, and also, like, I think the reality is, like, uh, um, Nebuchadnezzar, even though he makes bold statements of faith, uh, you know, uh, you wonder, like, did he convert? <laughs> like, is he a, is, was he a true believer? Hold on for Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> in heaven, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but I think I just think we need to be reminded too that like, um, that God can work even through um, secular authorities, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that somehow it's possible. It is possible that that in all of that 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 they can even still acknowledge that that you know their authority is temporary and that that God's is mm -hmm. uh, eternal. So mm -hmm. like. I, I just I think we got to keep all this in context. Like God will, God will be at work. Mm -hmm. God has always been at work mm -hmm. in all of these, you know, ebbs and flows and rising and fall. Um, but he he does he does call um, authority to be accountable to him. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's pretty clear. He calls us to be accountable to authority, but us also to call authority to account of their 
accountability to God. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if that all makes sense. There's a great video, uh, BibleGateway.com. If you've never used it, feel free to check it out. They got all sorts of cool videos, but one they have on exiles. They talk about Daniel. Oh. It's this posture of kind of like they just do this a lot. They like point. And they're kind of like, they're calling, they're basically calling people to account yeah. and to recognize who they are accountable to yeah. uh, in that video. And I like that posture. I think it's, it demonstrates well what we can do too. Like yeah. following the way of Daniel, following the way of Jesus. Yeah. These guys don't incite revolution. Right. These guys don't, I mean, Daniel becomes a, a wife. He works for the king. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was thinking about this too. Like, I mean, in comparing Daniel to Joseph. Yeah, yeah. He's working with Pharaoh. Right. I mean, Moses is raised up. I mean, you get stories like like Esther, you know, mm-hmm. working for the, the, the Persian king, married to him. Like, there are a lot of stories in the scriptures, mm-hmm. in particular in the Old Testament, where it seems like things are falling apart, but God's just, he's actually, like, raising up somebody in his people in the, like, in the secular government mm-hmm. to do his work. Right. And, and gives opportunity for those people to give uh, well, bold declarations yeah. of faith, right? Yeah. You know, and I think, that's, I think that's exactly it. It's not that we have to, you know, it's not some sort of call to arms, yeah. you know, but it's, hey, like, look, ask, like, this is what we believe. This is who we believe in. Yeah. Um, you know, we trust that he is in control of all things, yeah. even when it doesn't look like it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he can use he can use whatever government he wants right. uh, to even do good. I mean, look at Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Yeah. They're providing food for all these people who need it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Pharaoh wasn't like, you know, uh, it wasn't Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. So. So, yeah, I just I think that, you know, that's a something tangible we can take out of this. Um, and obviously, so praying for uh, those in authority, mm-hmm. but also, um, you know, I, I would actually, those of you who are listening, I'd, I'd encourage you to pray for opportunities to be like Daniel, mm-hmm. you know, to pray that specifically. God, use me. <laughs> use me, right? Use me to point you out. Show me who needs uh, your, your presence in their life. Show me who it is who, who needs to be pointed back to you. Um, open my eyes to that and, and give me the opportunity and the desire to step in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to get out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, kind of a, that's a bold prayer. Totally. And be ready for the tension, right? Yeah. Because that moment is going to come like when it's like, oh, this, is this the opportunity? <laughs> and you're going to be like, uh, I, I think it might be, but I don't. Uh. I didn't really mean that prayer, God. Let me take that one back. <laughs> I'd be ready tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But that's you know, and then step in and yeah, do it up. All you got to do is point, yeah. like you said. Really, at the end of the day, hmm. that's what the disciples did when they were being called to Jesus. Come and see, come and see. I think we found. I think I think we've seen the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. let me show you Him. So yeah, yeah. you don't have to be a. Bible expert, you don't have to, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be of, of wealth or honor or power or even uh, be <laughs> a speaking man. well or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you just got to be able to just point, point to him, mm-hmm. yeah. point to the cross. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm glad, you, glad you're here with us. Um, uh, if you're finding this fruitful, meaningful, you know, we kind of, 
set this up sort of as a combo of a Bible study, a conversation, a just a practical application. You know, what we want to demonstrate to you in all of this is hopefully how to have faithful conversations uh, with the people that you are with. Um, and that's, that's, our, that's our hope with this uh, podcast. And so uh, go on and uh, get conversating with some other people. All right. So, Kevin, good to be with you, buddy. Likewise, good to be with all of you tuning in. All right. And cheers to you and cheers to currently it's finally snowing. Welcome to the UP, Kevin. All right. Hey, blessings.